Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. They want to go out with 12 minutes left. Uh, and then joining us tonight from her pen about five feet away is uh, Miss Barbie Q. Yeah. The pig. So um, if you hear snorting and squealing, it's an actual it's pig. It's not John Terry. It's not John Terry. Or the wife, or anyone's wife meeting John Terry. <laughs> it's the actual pig in my house. Uh, oh. So, yeah, so did a little ball tonight, myself and Wobby. Oh, boy. Uh, Wobby, Wobby told me to tell you thank you. Apparently, you helped him with something today. <laughs> oh, you mean when I told him where he could find a document online, and he proceeded to tell me it wasn't there, and I told him, no, go check again, and he never <laughs> got back to me. So, that, I assume that means he actually found it. I guess so. Um, I, I, whatever you want to say, he put you over hard tonight. He said he fully understands why you were frustrated. (laughs) He said, I 100% understand why Ed was frustrated. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's what he told me. We talked a couple months ago, and he told me about all the shit that was going on with him. I was like, yeah. yeah." um, And the way he put it, he said, you know, he said when Ed was here, he said, you know, I would kind of do the crap that he didn't want to (laughs) do. He said... I don't have anybody to do the crap I don't want to do. I just have to do it all. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I hear you uh, So anyway, uh, he sends his love. Yeah. Um, so I have, uh, I have a few things to do in our little pre-show tonight. Oh, sure. Things to add. Uh, one was a, uh, a tweet by NFL Memes. And I know we're not NFL fans by any means. Of course not. But there was one, uh, well, one football thing we both did enjoy, and that was uh, Key and Peel when they did their uh, football names back in the day. Of course. So uh, this tweet from NFL Means says, uh, Guys named Demore Stringfellow, Obi Mellon Fonwu, Taco Charlton, Takarist McKinley, Tredavious White, Dewanya Smoot, Raekwon McMillan, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. We're all taking it this year's NFL draft. The Key and Peele skit lives on. <laughs> yeah. Did I text you that? Yes. 
Well, I can't remember. And, and this is another... Seven in the morning yesterday. Oh, man, that's right. Uh, well, hey, that just means I'm, I'm on my commute at seven in the morning. You should be up. If I'm up, you should be up in. Jesus, how oh, things work. today at seven a.m. Uh, it's horrible, isn't it? It's not great. It's not great. And uh, this is a fun one I saw. Uh, this is songs that never fail to make white people beyond turnt. So uh, I'll give you the short list. Uh, Don't Stop Believing, That's Bohemian bad. Rhapsody, yep. Living on a Prayer, Come yep. on Eileen, yeah. Sweet Caroline, yep. Pour Some Sugar on Me, <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> oh God. Uh, I'll just hit a few more. Ice Ice Baby, uh, Wonderwall. <laughs> It's a different love, kind of turn. So I love getting turned to Wonderwall, but sadly yeah. I did. Uh, what else we got here? Um, uh, I have the tiger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dancing Queen. <laughs> uh, and finally the last two are Hey Jude and Piano Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good to be white. Well, it's not the, it's not the entire Without a turned up music. It's just the na 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 hey, Jude. Na 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 na. You know, everybody really gets that na 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 na. Hey, Jude. You know, it's like we want well, to I scream like the out like Paul McCartney here. the whole thing. I like the version uh, we heard at White Hart Lane. Say it again. Sunday. I'm sorry. You broke up a bit. I said I, I enjoyed the version we heard at White Hart Lane on Sunday, <laughs> oh, which was na 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 na. Your shit. They weren't wrong. Anything against you, Arsenal? Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I think it's time to. Let's stop the show. Alrighty. Oh, God. Rip in peace, Chappelle Show. Welcome to the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode 156. I am Edward Green, joined as always by McCullen Crime, Wes Bradshaw here. The podcast is always presented to you by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop, as well as I'm Next USA. Do you want to be the next legislator to push through hurriedly an Affordable Care Act? Hey, you might have your chance. Just visit I'm Next USA to get signed up to realize your dreams today. Dreams have been realized in the Premier League, in the Champions League halfway, and even in the championship in the lower leagues of the FA. We'll be getting to all that as well as news and notes. Um, watch for and so raw. Some big news coming out this week. Some big stories and some stories we're going to be able to laugh at. Um, but first, right into the football as we are basically in the final three weeks of the season we're heading into. Um, some teams got a, some matches to make up, but it's basically... The final three weeks coming up here um, as we started match day 35. Excuse me. And uh, we're going to run through Saturday because most of the unimportant matches were Saturday. Uh, so we can run really quickly through those. Uh, Hull gets an important point at the St. Mary's as they draw nil-nil against Southampton. Uh, likewise, it was a nil-nil draw at the bet 365 as Stoke and West Ham failed to score a goal each. Woohoo! Uh, Bournemouth. 
condemns Sunderland and David Moyes to the championship as Josh King gets an 88th minute heartbreaker to send Sunderland down into the championship officially. They will be relegated. Um, Leicester City beats West Brom 1-0 on a Jamie Vardy goal in the 43rd. And then Burnley picks a hell of a time to get their first road win of the season. A 2-0 victory over Crystal Palace in Sellers Park, which keeps Crystal Palace just hovering around the relegation zone. Um, so with that, we're going to head into Sunday and sort of Monday then after that, uh, where all the big matches were. That's where the big boys play, and somehow Manchester United snuck their way into play. Um, this was an interesting match. Waza, Wayne Rooney gets a penalty in the 45th minute plus three of stoppage time in the first half. United flying high into the dressing room as they lead 1-0. A depleted squad getting a big lead against Swansea. But Giffy Sigurdsson puts in a great free kick that Ander Herrera maybe kind of totally fucked up the coverage on. Uh, that allowed Swansea to level it up at one and keep the Swans in striking distance of getting out of the drop zone. You know they would have loved to have gotten three points again at Old Trafford as they have been doing the last couple seasons. But Wes, unfortunately for them, it is just a point, but it is a big point coming in the final 10 minutes of the match. Uh, but for United, three points again. Hey, that unbeaten run, it's at 25 matches now. Everything's great for United. Still in fifth place, and because of this draw, they no longer control their own destiny as far as getting back into the Champions League. Coupled with, as we'll get to in a little bit, the Liverpool victory on Monday night, United must win out and have some people, well, not must win out, but most likely it needs to win out and have people in front of them slip up to get to the Champions League now. They do. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to slam that 25-match unbeaten streak. I'm really not. Um, it, it was said by one pundit to be maybe the most underwhelming 25-match unbeaten streak ever. <laughs> and I mean, you can't, you can't take away the fact they're not losing. Yeah. Um, but United just seemed to be missing this little extra spark. And that's with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. That's with the most expensive football in the world, Paul Pogba. Uh, now, you know, Zlatan done for the year. Pogba looks like he's going to be back um, for the Europa League match, but he's not 100%. Um, they are definitely having injury issues right now. Truth be told, it doesn't look like it's going to take some – like you said, some outside work for United to be able to get themselves in the top four here. It's looking really unlikely right now. And really, when you look at that injury list for United, it's – I mean, I, I think it's actually kind of admirable that they haven't lost in 25 matches considering the guys that they haven't had and the uproar that they have had. I mean, there's just been a lot of – kind of negative vibes around that club. Um, golly, just crazy that Josie Mourinho happens to be the manager of that, right? Yeah. Is it yeah. just me or is that kind of a Josie thing? But, I mean, it, it is it is an impressive unbeaten streak. But when you look at the fact that, as you said, 14 of those were draws, they, they've just they've given away too many points. And really, to me, 
as a Liverpool fan, I mean, it kind of pains me to say it. Um, I think United have actually kind of lost this race for the top four more than either City or Liverpool have gone and just grabbed it by the throat and taken it. Right. I mean, you know, if you had said earlier in the year, United's going to get 25 straight matches without losing, I mean, you would have figured they were right there in the title hunt. Mm-hmm. But um, it is kind of an underwhelming 25 straight non-losses just because, like you said, you're still sitting in fifth, and now they don't control their own destiny. Well, and I think it's also the kinds of matches uh, that they, they've been drawing here recently. I'm going to try to pull up their, their schedule really quick here. I mean, they get the big 2-0 win against Chelsea. Okay, that's awesome. They get a 0-0 draw at the Etihad in the Manchester Derby, which, of course, we didn't get to last week because it was played on Thursday. But they parked the bus. It was on the road. Okay, that that's an acceptable draw. But then it's it's the draws like this. It's going 1-1. Yeah, and but it's draws like at home to Swansea, a relegation bound team, and and you're giving up a goal late. It's it's matches like that. It's matches like uh, drawing to Bournemouth at home one one. It's drawing at home to Hull nil nil. Those those are the ones where you look at it and say, okay, yeah, they drew Liverpool one one at home. That's somewhat understandable. But then to to draw teams like Hull and Bournemouth, that that's when it starts to get. It, it's it would be more impressive if they were like those eleven wins were all against like the bottom clubs, and the draws were all up against like top level competition. But they're not. They're dropping points to teams where they should be getting all three. Yeah, and. You know, here late in the season, and I'm not trying to toot Liverpool's horn here because, trust me, there's still three matches left and there's still Liverpool, so I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, you kind of look at it, you know, a tale of two teams. You know, a Liverpool team with their backs against the wall. Hey, massive injury issues with Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Liverpool are able to go on the road to a tough Watford team that parks the bus on them. And Liverpool are able to come out with a 1-0 win. Spoiler alert for later in the show, but anyway. Um, Liverpool are able to gut out a 1-0 win while United only get a 1-1 draw. And that just kind of seems to be right now. There's the difference. Liverpool, for his, and they surely have not had 25 straight unbeaten by any means. Um, Liverpool are finding a way to scrape out some tough wins late in the season. Uh, West Brom... Um, you know, the, uh, this Watford match where mm-hmm. United are finding a way to draw these matches all of a sudden. So, yeah, and that's, that's, that's got to be really frustrating. And it's just for United, I think they're just going to run out of matches here. I think that's their biggest problem is yeah. they're just... Uh, let's put this way, if I was a Liverpool fan, as a Liverpool fan, if there were 10 matches left, I'd be terrified right now. Mm-hmm. But we've only got three and they've got four and I, I'm feeling pretty pretty good about us <laughs> we'll see but uh, uh, that's just kind of the way I feel about it is I think United uh, I just I don't think they're going to make that fourth place finish line well and here this will be the last thing we talk about on this match then and this is something you know I heard uh, when I was watching after after the North London Derby when they were going in, in goal zone on NBC Sports 
uh, one of the Wobbies. They, they showed the interview with uh, Jose Mourinho. Luke Shaw with another uh, bad injury in this match uh, had to be subbed off, you know, just about 10 minutes in. And, and you know, one of the, the people... The, the the people asked him about it, and and Josie's answer was something to the effect of, "Well, it must have been a, a serious injury for him to come off," because he said he didn't know what it actually was, and and one the one of the Wobbies took gigantic offense to that and said, "You know, if I was Luke Shaw, I'd be beating down Mourinho's door, saying, what are you doing to me? Like I I broke my leg last year, like you don't you don't think I know what I can feel in my leg and when it's it's in huge pain? Like I know what that feels like. So I I guess the question is, and and Mourinho a couple weeks ago I think about Shaw and even Chris Smalling kind of intimated, well you know who knows why they're actually injured or or maybe that they're just being a little soft. Is it possible that Mourinho? is maybe already wearing out his welcome at least at least in-house maybe i mean it's already a little bit maybe with the fans even though yes they've had this 25 unbeaten run but is it possible he's already alienating the locker room um well to start with just on that comment about luke shaw he said it in a somewhat sarcastic tone he did and basically the way the way and obviously the way he put it was well you know, it better be something. It better be something big. You just didn't come off because you know you didn't feel good or something. Right. Um, here's here's my thing, and we've talked about. It. I think there's going to be a pretty decent God Manchester. They're not. They're going to be guys in Manchester. There are going to be so many new players in Manchester just in general next year, who have mm-hmm. no idea their way around the city, have no idea where to find the Nando's and get some chicken. Um, <laughs> Because I think both these squads are going to have some big-time overhaul. I still think City more than United. But I think these guys who, you know, Luke Shaw, they're going to sell Luke Shaw this summer. I believe it. I fully believe it. There's a chance they're going to trade. They're going to trade. They're going to sell Chris Smalling. Um, there's going to be some clear out, and that's going to buy Josie some time with that locker room. I think right now, I think the guys that he's pissing off, that he's, you know, potentially pissing off on the locker room are guys that he doesn't care because he's already decided he's getting rid of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't see it as being too big of an issue right now. But I'm going to tell you, though, you know, Josie's playing a – he's playing a an interesting game right now because, you know, in the past – he could do this and get away with it because, well, where else are you going to go? You know, okay, you might go to United and play for Sir Alex. You, know, you might go to Arsenal and play for Wenger, but, you know, the top players want to come play with me because I'm the most, I'm the special and I'm the most successful manager here. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Josie ain't seen no more as the most successful manager in England. I mean, maybe every time he is, but, I mean, you've got Guardiola. You've got, you know, Klopp, who's vibrant, guys want to play for him. Pochettino, suddenly guys want to play for him. Conte, guys want to play for him. Um, We're not putting finger in this conversation anymore, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, there are are more options in England now. It's not, you know, and I think if if it gets around, and now it's happened at Chelsea, it's happened everywhere he's gone. He's kind of, other other than maybe Porto, He's kind of worn out that welcome. And if that's gotten around, I mean, if you're sitting there and you're like, well, okay, I've got United, or I can go play for Mourinho at United. 
I can go play for Conte at Chelsea, or I could go play for, you know, um, uh, Guardiola at Man City, and they're all offering me around the same money. At at which point does it get to the point where you're like, "Mm, you know, I know if I go for Conte, there's not going to be a circus. If I go for Guardiola, he's not going to slam me in the public when I mess up. Mm -hmm. You know, at some point, you know, guys are just going to look at Mourinho and be like, I can get the same money over here and not have the damn headaches. And I'm interesting to see because what's really going to be interesting in the transfer window, because we've talked about all these Premier League clubs, and a lot of them are searching for the same thing. This year, it looks like it's going to be central defenders. Everybody's looking for central defenders, right? And and a lot of these clubs, they're going to be shopping at the same, you know, they're shopping at the same mall for these players. You know, and there's there's only a there's only a certain amount of them that are these top elite guys that everybody wants. I'm I'm going to be interested to see who these guys are picking. I, I mean, uh, you know what I think of Guardiola. I'm not the biggest Guardiola mark in the world, but I mean. You know, if I'm a guy who, you know, I'm a top European central defender, you know, and I can go play for Guardiola, who, you know, has a reputation of this, of A, playing beautiful football, and B, being a little more of a player's manager. Mm-hmm. Or I go play for Mourinho, who everybody's just negative about and is constantly in the news for, you know, kind of doing dickish things. I mean, yeah, they're good, but damn, City's just as good, if not better. Why do I want to go over here to United? I think I think they're going to lose a player or two, and I think I think back back room it's going to be because of the way Mourinho is. Well, and I look at you know you talked about some of the guys like Luke Shaw and Chris Smalling who who might be on their way out the door. I'm looking at guys like Anthony Martial who's been called out a little bit, Henrik Mkhitaryan who's been called out. These, these sort of younger ish players that that you think still could have a spot with United. As good as McTarrion has looked sometimes this year, as good as Martial has looked in spurts this year, and, and I almost feel like, to an extent, the the, the buffer was Latan. We, we talked about it a lot, especially in the first half of the year. You know, we, we know how much Latan loves Josie. It's been chronicled, and and I wonder, and and we can go ahead and say it now. This was going to be in the news and notes, but it's being reported Latan, you know, after suffering an ACL and PCL tear. Uh, is going to miss about nine months, which probably ends his United career. Because nine months from now is going to be about January, February 2018, right right about the start of the 2018 MLS season. So that seems to be where things are headed for that. So Zlatan's probably out the door, and he was kind of like a guy, an elder statesman, who was scoring a lot of goals and really producing who loves Josie, who could say, guys, guys, trust the process. I am Zlatan, I am God, and this is my savior here. Um, and that's not going to be there anymore. I don't think there's many Josie spokesmen in this locker room. And and so I don't know, I, I mean, I don't know who sticks up for Josie if push comes to shove. Well, here's my thing. The United board, I mean, here's the thing. You know, as hard as they've courted Mourinho for nearly a decade now, Mm -hmm. Mourinho's not going anywhere after year one. We'll go ahead and just put that to bed. Mourinho's going to get the chance to get rid of guys he doesn't want and bring in guys he does want. 
Mm-hmm. That's going to be more the thing. Now, what's going to be interesting to see is when he turns around and pulls this shit with all these guys that he went out and personally wanted and bought, and suddenly they're sitting there pissed off at him. Chelsea. Um, I mean, that's where it's going to be interesting to see what the board decides to do because at that point, you know, right now, Mourinho can be kind of like Klopp was last year for Liverpool. Hey, these aren't my guys. You know, I didn't have a, you know, I, I didn't bring them in. I didn't sign off on them. This is what I was given. This is what I was handed when I walked in. Mm-hmm. So he can still kind of play that card right now. Do you hear this damn thing? Yes. God, this insane. But, I mean, that's kind of where he is right now is he can play that. And he's going to have this summer to reshape this squad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be interesting, like I said, with Chelsea needing guys, with City needing guys, potentially Arsenal needing guys, Liverpool looking for players, uh, and not to mention the Madrids, the Barcelonas, the Bayern Munichs, the Juventuses of the world, who shop once again at the same place that United does. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see what players they get in because you've got a lot of teams out there that can splash the cash. It's not like United's the only big money game in town kind of like they were with Pogba a year ago. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens and who wants to come play for this. And also, unless you find that way to win Europa, remember you're talking about not having Champions League next year. And that is a big draw for teams. And we'll see. I mean, it's, it's going to be a very interesting offseason. If United does miss the Champions League, who actually ends up coming over to the red side of Manchester? And the new side of Manchester. Out the ass. Um, On the blue side of Manchester, though, the citizens went on the road and got a 2-2 draw at the Riverside, twice coming back from a goal down. First, Sergio Aguero canceling out Alvaro Negredo's goal in the 69th minute with a penalty. And Lero Sane kind of drew, not really. Uh, And then Callum Chambers... After giving Middlesbrough the lead again, Middlesbrough scoring two goals in a game. You think they've got it one, but Gabriel Jesus with a header in the 85th minute got the point for City. They pushed for a win, couldn't get it. So City falls at the Riverside to not get all three points. Um, God, I was watching that match pulling so hard for Middlesbrough. It's it's hard to feel like City really deserves three points, much less one. But I guess credit to them, Wes, for, for getting a point on the road. They found a way, and I mean, it was a big point for them. As a, as a Liverpool fan, I was really, really open to see them drop all three. Um, but, you know, give City credit. I mean, it, it was a tough day. Middlesbrough were, Middlesbrough were fighting hard. They were trying to avoid that relegation. Um, and they're really, really up against it now. Um, yeah. But, but, I mean, for City, you know, they kept fighting. I mean, give them that. They fought. Um, and, and they were able to rescue a point out of it. But, you know, you would just think, you know, you've got City here who are, you know, out of every other competition. They can put all their eggs in this basket. They're chasing down Liverpool. They have the advantage. And now they've pretty much played themselves. They're out of the advantage now. I mean, they're... Once again, if Liverpool win out, City are finishing fourth. Mm-hmm. I, well, I mean, goal difference. Continues. It'll come down to goal differential, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they've lost that. They've lost that cushion of what well, we got a match in hand, but we're we're locked into third pretty much. Yeah. No, they're, they're 
they're not going to have, and they don't have the easiest of run-ins, I don't believe. Um, but they, uh, they, they've kind of lost that we've got a stranglehold on third place. Yep, uh, City with Palace, uh, Leicester, and West Brom coming into the ITI to finish up the season, then they have to go those are, to Those are three Watford. tricky ones. We'll say that. Those are three tricky ones at home. Mm -hmm. um, and we saw the other day, a trip to Watford's not the easiest thing in the world. No, it's not. So, um, we'll see. The other blue team, a couple of blue teams, played at Goodison, and Everton did their best to not give us a title race as they capitulated in the final half hour. Pedro, Gary Cahill, this time scoring for his own team, and Willian putting in three past Martin Stecklenburg and Everton. Um, it, it seemed for a while it was, it was nervy for a little bit. Chelsea, maybe maybe they give up the two points here and maybe we have a title race in hand. Maybe Tottenham then goes out and, and beats Arsenal and, and they're only two back with four to play, but nope. Uh, Chelsea Chelsea gets the three goals and Wes you gotta feel it and, and we've talked about this but as good as Tottenham has been lately it, it still doesn't seem like Chelsea is going to drop enough points now at this point this was this was one of their last two tough matches this and having to go to West Brom on a weeknight that that's that was basically it and now one of those they got all three points so it's it seems very hard to believe uh, Chelsea don't have the title wrapped up. Yeah, and I think we were kind of overstating the difficulty of them playing Everton. Um, I believe since El Blazerico came into existence, um, Chelsea has either won all eight or unbeaten in eight. Since, uh, I feel like Chelsea got a win. I feel like I remember watching Everton get a win in there somewhere. I think I, I, maybe I was reading it wrong. Maybe it was at Everton or at White Hart Lane. I can't remember. Anyway, um, Everton, <laughs> I, I, I just feel that Everton's been a little overblown as, oh, they're really tough, they're Everton. No, Everton have pretty much beaten teams that they should beat, and then they kind of get their asses kicked by the top teams. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that sound about right? I mean, I'm not really thinking of Everton. I know they didn't beat Liverpool. I'm not really mm. thinking of that they beat Tottenham. I'm not thinking they beat Chelsea. You know, not thinking that they beat any of these top teams that you know they're supposed to be. Oh, oh god, you gotta play Everton. Big freaking wolf! I'll play Everton. We'll beat their ass. You know, Everton are really good at beating like the West Broms of the world. Um, Everton uh, actually beat Chelsea uh, back in September of 2015. That was uh, when when they were following up their uh, their uh, title campaign, and uh, I stared down Josie. And uh, obviously, I was directly responsible for that. So that's the only one, though. We got Pippo and Zombie fired, too. Don't forget that. <laughs> we had a lot of people fired. Yeah. That's how we roll, man. That's why they stopped coming to Charlotte this year. He's like, shit, we don't need to have people that fire you. Well, we're going to go see uh, Raleigh FC or North Carolina FC in Swansea. We can, uh, we can get whoever the Swansea manager is, and we can get him fired. <laughs> Yeah, we can we can get a championship manager fired. Oh man, I was actually looking. I was uh, I was thinking about taking a uh, sweet pea to uh, see Raleigh FC play this weekend. You should take her to see the uh, the the women's team. The women's team's really good. Yeah, should I, I need to look at their schedule? I just happened. I don't know what I saw today. Something made me think about, it and I looked at it. Mm -hmm. I know they're playing at home on Saturday night, but uh, 
I think we're supposed to have maybe some storms on Saturday, so we might not go this Saturday. But uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely something I can I can take her to. She's she's thoroughly enjoying her year of footy. Uh, Daddy note, since obviously we're going off subject here, um, she uh, she played goalie for the first time the other day, uh, and actually had a pretty sweet Manuel Neuer save. Nice. Which means she got at the very top of the penalty box. <laughs> She came off her line and swept it up, but then she got caught out of position twice trying to come out and sweep, and sweep, and um, she yeah. got beaten twice. But not bad for her debut, considering that I can't get another goalie to literally get off the line. So she's <laughs> definitely not Minule. I'll put it. That way. Yeah, <laughs> she'll. She definitely is. Not, she definitely is not. Uh, what do they say? Planted to her line by any means. <laughs> She is willing to come out and take risks. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, so speaking of shit goalkeepers, Claudio Bravo's out for the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is probably the best thing that's happened to City all season. Are we yes. going to City next? No, we already did City. We did City? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah we talked about... Oh, yeah. yeah. You want to talk about shitty goalkeepers? We can't talk about that in the, in the North London Derby because oh, that's the only reason it wasn't like 6 nil. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Petr Cech had a hell of a day. Yeah, the hell of a day in a 2 nil defeat as Tottenham takes. And I like the way Tottenham did it. They're only just now announcing that this is the final season. We all figured it was, but they're only just now doing it. So instead of that other London club who went for an entire year saying, oh, this is the last season at Upton Park, eh, we only get like three weeks of last White Hart Lane stuff. This was the terrifying thing is that, (laughs) not to go off topic, uh, well, we're on Tottenham. The terrifying thing is now you have a Tottenham team that should absolutely be maybe hitting their peak next year. And there you say, hey guys, you remember that stadium that we fucking stuck in? You're gonna play all our home matches there. Gosh, we'll talk about that this summer a little bit. Uh, but for now, they are still covered in glory as the last North London derby at White Hart Lane uh, sees Tottenham win 2 0 over Arsenal. Uh, Deli Ali with a uh, put back goal after Christian Eriksen's shot was saved from close range by Peter Cech. Uh, and then just moments after the restart, uh, Wanyama stole a, a pass in Arnold's Arsenal's own end, gave it to Harry Kane. Harry Kane was fouled by Gabriel in the box. And and then he took the penalty to make it 2-0. But as we said, uh, Jan Vertonghen had two great shots saved mm-hmm. by uh, Petr Cech. Uh, Toby Alderweireld had a pair of headers that could have easily found the back of the net. And in the first half, Deli Ali and Christian Eriksen both had chances that in the form they're in, you kind of figured they were going to take. So, I mean, really, this could have been an absolute blowout. I did see a stat. Uh, I mentioned Alderweireld and Vertonghen. They combined for more shots on goal in the match than Arsenal had. So that tells you, I mean, and this is, you know, I messaged somebody this the other day. I was in, in, in my Facebook groups and I told them, you know, I thought it was weird that even after we went up 2-0, I was still nervous in the 85th minute of the match. Whereas when we got 2-0 up on Chelsea earlier this season, when we won at White Hart Lane. After that second goal, I was like, nah, we got we got this. And the more I thought about it, I was like, no, it was just because it was a derby, because it was the same feeling. Like, we completely dominated Arsenal. And, and it's like, 
as a Tottenham fan, you're always like, oh, God, the, the, the other shoe is going to drop. And it never did in the entire match. There was there was very few moments where you're like, oh, shit, they're, they're going to score here. It's like not not a whole lot of worrisome trouble. And and I think that that stat really shows it off. And this was, this was a match, you know, where, you know, Tottenham really showed maybe how the power has shifted in North London. Um, Wenger leaving in the middle of his press conference. <laughs> Rebecca Lowe commenting on, on goal zone that she never remembers him uh, ever doing that. And I'll tell you what, there was, there was two things from Lee Dixon, um, who I, I take no pleasure in the fact that he had to commentate that match. No pleasure at all. Um, but two th- quick things. One, during the game, Arlo White talked to him about um, it was late on as, as it looked like Arsenal was going to go on to lose it. Um, Ozil and Alexis and how they were both potential to leave during the summer. And he said, basically, you know, I think Alexis will leave. I think Ozil will stay because he's comfortable in London. He's comfortable here and he's comfortable in the Premier League. And, and, and it felt like with the tone he was saying that, I got the impression that what the subtext was, was Ozil doesn't want to go anywhere else. He's fine. And, and he's, he's happy to just be here and be part of this Arsenal team. And, well, and, and, and he's not striving. Shit load of money. That's, that's also the point. Part. He's making a massive wage in Arsenal. Yeah, probably more than he'd get if he left this year. And the other thing he said was after the match, um, they, they had done the Wenger press conference, and and Arlo asked him, you know, you know, this is the first time in 22 years that Arsenal isn't going to finish above uh, Tottenham. St. Tottenham's game is cancelled. Um, how does that make you feel as a foreign player? And Lee Dixon went, well, it hurts. It hurts me. And he said, I'm sure it hurts. And he paused because he was going to say it hurts the players. And he paused and he said some of the players. And I even think that some is maybe being a little gracious. This is this is a soft Arsenal team. I We've said it before. We've said it again. We looked at their their summer transfers. They got Granite Shaka. He was supposed to be the steal of this team, and he's just been a red card waiting to happen. Had to, had to get subbed off about 60 minutes into the match. Shakhtar and Mustafi had a good first half of the season and has basically fallen off since then. This team has no heart. It has no soul, and it has an old, decrepit corpse of a coach. Starts I hope he stays thought. for another 500 years. God, yes, silence an extension. So that's my totally unbiased and journalistic integrity intact view of the North London Derby. What do you think, Wes? Dr. Krieger, find a way to make this man live forever. <laughs> I will give him rub of arms. Damn you all to hell. Damn you all. Um, here, just some of the things you touched on. What Lee Dixon said. I completely agree with, and here's here's kind of my deal. I, when Lee Dixon played in the early days of the Premier League, mm-hmm. you were still looking at a Premier League that was, to the core, mostly English players. Mm-hmm. Everyone had their international players, but most every team had an English core. I mean, look at the great United class of 92. English mm-hmm. core, very, very or British core at least. 
Um, you know, Liverpool, the you know those mid '90s teams, British cores. You know, Arsenal, the Arsenal teams that were good, British cores, and were brought in uh, to supplement with the with some top European players. When Lee Dixon played, it meant it still meant a lot to the players because they grew up in it. They mm-hmm. came through the Arsenal Academy or the Tottenham Academy or the United Academy or the Liverpool Academy. Those were the guys who, you know, they formed, it's kind of like baseball is, they formed the core of your team and then you supplemented around. It meant everything to them because they grew up in it. The Premier League now is completely different. It, mm-hmm. I mean, they literally had to institute a rule saying you had to have a certain percentage of English players because there were teams who didn't have English players. I mean, they had some, of course, but, I mean, you know, there are still weeks where teams will put out fully international teams. So, you know, I mean, you look at someone like, I'm just going to take Mezzanozo, for instance. Uh, well, take Ozil and Sanchez. Okay, they're they're kind of those big two everybody's talking about. Ozil came from Germany, mm-hmm. uh, and he played for Real Madrid. Our, the only reason he came to Arsenal is because he basically got replaced at Real Madrid. He didn't come to Arsenal because he he wanted to die for the shirt. He was he didn't grow up a gooner. You know, Arsenal was it was a Premier League move. Because, as we know, the only place that can pay you like Barcelona, Madrid, and maybe Bayern, is the Premier League. Mm -hmm. So when he suddenly was pushed out at Real, well, obviously, okay, I'm going to the Premier League because they can pay me the most money. And he's making a lot of money. Alexis Mm -hmm. Sanchez came through La Masia. I believe, I take that back. I don't think he came through La Masia, but he came up in the South American system, and then got into Spain very early. He was a Barcelona player. He didn't leave Barcelona because he was dying to go play for Arsenal. I mean, Jesus, if anything, the guy, I mean, we thought we had him signed, sealed, and delivered at Liverpool, only to kind of lose him to Arsenal at the last minute because what they did, they offered him more money. So, you know, why... why and all we've heard is these guys connected with leaving. They're not killing themselves. They're not dying for the Arsenal shirt. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a damn good chance uh, you know, this week Alexis is connected with Bayern, which I think would be a really fascinating move. I mean, he might be in Germany next year. He might be back in Spain. He might be in Italy. If, if anything, Arsenal for them, Arsenal for these guys... And it's not just Arsenal, it's Arsenal, it's some of it's Liverpool, you know, it's Tottenham, it's it's these Premier League clubs. These foreign players know they can come, they're going to get the best payday of their lives, and they're going to get a shit ton of exposure because it's the Premier League. But as soon as Bayern or Barcelona or Madrid come calling and are offering them pretty much the same wages with a chance to win trophies easier, they're gone. So no, St. Totteringham's day, Saint Totteringham's day, you can probably say that to Alexis Sanchez. He'll smile and be like, oh, what's that? He doesn't know what the hell it is. He doesn't know the history of Arsenal. He doesn't care about the history of Arsenal. He's there to get his massive paycheck, build his brand, and try to win trophies. Okay, that's just how it is these days. So for Lee Dixon to say that, I understand where he's coming from, but he's right, but I don't think he realizes quite how right he is. 
it's not the mm-hmm. same anymore. It's just, it's not the same. So, no, they, it means, it's kind of like in America, the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. It means everything in the world to the fans. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Damon signed with the damn Yankees. Yeah. The year after winning the freaking World Series of the Red Sox, the guy signs with the Yankees. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury, the year after winning the World Series of the Red Sox, signs with the Yankees. They don't care. I mean, yes, they, they love playing for Boston, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, the well, Yankees offered me more money. That's what yeah. it was about. It was about more money at the end of the day. You know, there are a very there are not a lot of guys anymore who are worried about being, you know, legends as much as they're worried about getting paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sad to an extent. That is sad to an extent. But that said, that's business. That's where we are. I mean, you know, you look at Tottenham, you look at Liverpool, you look at everybody. I mean, hell, what are we talking about? Are we talking about, oh, man, God, we've got this, uh, you know, oh, we've got this hole at center back. Man, maybe, we, maybe we've got this kid coming out of the academy. No, our initial thought is, fans, oh, shit, we got to go buy somebody. Yeah. You know, we're all asking for the mercenary. We would love to have nothing but homegrown players. But at the end of the day, we're all asking for the mercenaries. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's what it is nowadays. That's just pro sports in general. Um, as far as Ozil being comfortable at Arsenal, it goes back to what I just said. I think he's very comfortable. Because he knows Arsenal's ambition does not match that they're they're not looking for someone to come in and take Ozil's spot. Mm-hmm. Arsenal are looking at it. We're paying you. I'm just guessing 200,000 pounds a week. Yeah, actually, it might be more than that. We're paying you 200,000 pounds a week. We, you're, hey, you're the guy. You're the guy here to start and be our guy. So he's like, shit. No one else is going to pay me that. Hell yeah, I'm happy here. You know, the thing for Alexis Sanchez, he might get a he might get a raise going somewhere. He's really proven it on the field. He, he'll probably get a raise to go to Germany or go to Spain. Ozil's not getting a raise. So, of course, he's comfortable. Um, at the end of the day, I just I, th- I thought um, Tottenham looked like they had something to play for. Mm-hmm. And Arsenal looked like... Those teams that we always talk about that are in the mid table. Well, hey, they're they're already they're already making their holiday plans. Tottenham were hungry. Tottenham were looking for a win. Tottenham understand if a few results go their way, they can win the league. Arsenal are making holiday plans because they know they're going to Europa next year. So a lot of them probably aren't going to be there next year. It it is a tale of two cities. And Arsenal right now are shitsville. And Tottenham are, uh, to borrow from uh, The Walking Dead, they're on Easy Street. And the world's so neat. Yeah, we'll stop that now. But I mean, that's just that's what it is. It's a tale of two teams. It's a tale of two teams who are like ships passing in the night. They're going different directions right now. Um, I'll tell you this. <laughs> Arsenal have got to do something about Finger. It is not only is he maybe just past it and ineffective, but this is, I mean, this is the distraction of distractions. Mm-hmm. Or as you and I say, hey, give the man an extension. He's doing great work. Dr. Krieger? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Piggly. 
Bartender Krieger. <gasps> Otto? Oh, well. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, as we move on to our final match of the week, uh, Watford held out as long as they could against Liverpool, took blows to the chin, and Adam Lallana shots off the crossbar. And it seemed like Liverpool would struggle to another nil-nil draw, but Emery Chan hit a bicycle kick goal for the ages if we have still that goal of the year contest open uh take that olivier Giroud, getting upstaged by a central defender uh from ah, the midfield the center, yeah that's yeah, that uh chan coming on <laughs> with the goal in the 45th minute and then two into stoppage time for liverpool as that gave jurgen klopsman all three points and west <clears throat> What a huge three points it was at the Vicarage Road for the Reds. Oh, it's massive. Um, they had to have it. I mean, Liverpool are at the point of the year. Um, out of their last four, they have to get ten out of their last four. Mm-hmm. Um, to I, I think if we get ten out of our last four, um, we, we will qualify for the Champions League. I'd love to win all four, and let's take third. That's my goal. Um, but 10 of the last four will do it. Going to Watford was always going to be tough. It was brutal. Um, Watford sat deep. They parked the bus. Uh, Liverpool in general just – Liverpool had really flat in the first half. They didn't look like they had any creativity. Uh, Coutinho going down early with the injury. Lalana came on, and Lalana had a really big impact. But that said, Lalana was – Lalana looked like he was ready to play about 20 minutes, and he had to play about 80. <laughs> he was absolutely exhausted by the end of that match, and late on, you know, he he came on late, he came off late on, and, but you could just see he was he was completely out of gas. Um, but he 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 was great. I mean, that was the guy that we've been missing. Maybe some of that creativity. <clears throat> um, he had one go off the crossbar. That could have been insurance goal. And Daniel Sturridge off the bench. Sturridge had a goal, if not for Gomez, coming up with a fantastic save to get his hand on that ball from Sturridge. Um, So Liverpool, I mean, I thought the first 45, especially Liverpool, were poor. I think in the second half they started to kind of exert their will a little more. Just couldn't get that second goal to go in. But at the end of the day, I mean, it all came down to, as they say, the shot that broke the internet on the on a Monday night in England. Um, Emery Chan with got to be the goal of the year. Not only was it just a fantastic goal from like a six three center midfielder, um, but also just what that goal could end up meaning for Liverpool. Uh, you know, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't at the end, and not to take anything else, not to take away from like the Giroud goal, but it wasn't in October when you're winning three to nothing. You know, it was a crucial, if this doesn't go in, we're probably drawing nil-nil, a crucial goal. He curled it in. It was magnificent. And if that's what kind of pushes Liverpool over the line, um, that's going to go down as a famous goal, I think, in Liverpool. Uh, but a good win for the Reds. Uh, good news for uh, Stur for Sturge, for Coutinho. What we hear is uh, kind of a dead leg. So you know, hopefully, just a week of rest will have him back ready to go. Uh, Lalana being back is a big help. Obviously, uh, when you just have no options, 
Just like in the Liverpool's mint the other day, Lalana and Sturge. <sighs> okay, this just feels a little better than a bunch of, you know, 12 year olds. <laughs> like it's been lately. Um, and both guys came in and played a role. And I will take my three points. Three more matches, one more on the road. And apparently it's at the, the London Stadium, Ed. Wait, what's that? Um, apparently West Ham are playing their matches there this year. I, I guess White Hart That's might... bullshit. They play at Upton Park. Don't you I, 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 I guess Upton Park closed. What? Yeah, I don't think they're playing there anymore. Well, as we're going on to this week's schedule, damn it, I see that Tottenham's playing West Ham at this oh. Olympic Stadium, too. Oh, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Wow. Well, you know, Tottenham have announced that they're closing their stadium. I mean, they just announced they're closing their stadium. Yeah. Maybe West Ham just forgot to announce they were closing their stadium. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, just, I don't remember hearing about it. And if we didn't hear about it, it couldn't possibly happen. Three more weeks, everybody. Almost made it. Uh, but that does start our week as we take a look into the next week of matches. Uh, no midweek this week. Uh, on Friday night football at 3 p.m. Friday, West Ham hosts Tottenham at the Olympic Stadium. That will be a big chance for one of the few times Tottenham will actually get to play before Chelsea. So if Tottenham win that match, yeah, they will be a... one point back of Chelsea. That is pressure on Oh, nice. God, I'm off. I get off at 12 on Friday. Yay! There you go. Um, on Saturday, 7.30, City hosts Palace at Etihad. And then at 10, you get Leicester, Watford, Hull, Sunderland. That is a huge match for Hull. Uh, Burnley versus West Brom. Bournemouth versus Stoke. And at 12.30, it's the match everybody wanted. It's Swansea versus Everton. That is also a good match for Swansea. They're trying to stay in the chase. Um, at 8.30 a.m. Sunday morning, you get Liverpool hosting Southampton. And then at 11 a.m., Arsenal versus Manchester United. Could it be the Wenger Swan song? If he loses to United, it might actually start to be so. Come on, you gunners. Yeah, I'm actually um, I'm actually kind of spun that. I might just need another draw. There you go. That's what we need. Draws all around. And then on Monday at 3 o'clock, Chelsea will have had two days to process the results of the Friday night Tottenham match as they host Middlesbrough at Stamford Bridge. Middlesbrough need three points, or I believe they will be relegated. Um, as we take a look at the table, uh, Chelsea, 81 points. Tottenham in second with 77. Liverpool in third with 69. City in fourth with 66, but <laughs> match in hand. Uh, United at 65 and Arsenal at 60. Arsenal have a match in hand against City and United and two on yeah. Liverpool, though I don't think that's really going to matter. Um, and then Everton in 7th with 58, but they are two matches ahead of Arsenal, so they are just about locked in, you think, to 7th place. And they're going to the Europa League. Um, at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, uh, 41 points if you're there right now, you are officially safe, which means the top half of the table, that's it, is technically safe, although Leicester, Stoke, Watford are at 40, Burnley, West Ham are at 39, and Crystal Palace just about safe at 38 points. Hull and Swansea, though, right there. Hull right now at 34 points, Swansea at 32, Middlesbrough at 28. So if they do not win this weekend, they will still be at 
best six back of hull, and it could be even more than that. Um, now they do have the best goal differential out of everybody in the bottom, so that could help. If they can find a way to get a win, that would be huge. Sunderland, as you mentioned, they have 21 points. They have been officially relegated. All right, Wes. Did, uh, did, you, um, see my, did you see my David Moyes video I sent you on Twitter? Yes, I did. <laughs> right in the <laughs> Oh, that was so Moisey. Um, we head now to the Champions League. Um, hmm. Adam, there's really not much to talk about. I guess we're getting Real Juventus. I, I really pushed last week. I thought the underdogs had a chance. Yeah. yeah. Good job, Wes. Yeah. I, tonight, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually enjoying uh, today's um, uh, match, the Monaco-Juventus match, because Paolo Dybala might actually be the best striker in Europe. Maybe. Um, not really I actually got him playing more as a, as a 10, but God, he's good. Um, Gonzalo Iguain with the goals for Juventus. He had a brace. Uh, Ronaldo with a hat trick for Real against Atletico. Um, so, so sell me, Wes. Who has a better chance of coming back? Atletico Madrid down 3-0 but going home to the Calderon? Or... Monaco down 2-0, but they have to go to Turin. Man. Um, Neither is not an acceptable answer. You have to give me one. If I've got to go with someone, I'm going to go with Monaco. Okay. Just for the simple fact that we know Monaco can score in bunches. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, they're 2-0 down and they're two away goals. But, you know, if they get on a little scoring streak, <laughs> then, uh, you know, they could, they could go and do it maybe on away goals at, uh, in Turin. The only problem is Juventus now have six consecutive Champions League shutouts. <laughs> so not only are you asking for them to go and win, not only are you asking for them to score three goals at least, you're asking them to do against a team that hasn't given up a goal like in the knockout stage, hardly. Yeah. So, uh, um, but I, I'll tell you, just Real at home. I was I was stunned by how that match went down. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought I thought at the least, you know, maybe one one, maybe two one, Atletico mm-hmm. would lose. But get that away goal and get themselves a chance going home. They just got housed. And, you know, for as much as we want to, you know, write Cristiano Ronaldo off, all that son of a bitch does is score goals. I mean, all right, if you had to pick, if you had to pick very early, and neither team has officially made it, but if you had to pick really early when they go to Cardiff, Madrid or Juventus, who do you have? Juventus. Um... And that's funny saying I think Juventus can be the one to lose. That said, I don't think they're going to lose at all. Mm-hmm. They are so good defensively. Um, you know, as 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 good and hard nosed as Atletico are defensively, I think mm-hmm. um, I think Juventus are just as hard nosed, and they're just a lot more defensively talented. They're also a lot more offensively talented, probably. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, Griezmann's at Madrid, but, um, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I, I am such a fan of Paolo Dybala. 
Um, and then Higuain up front. God, Higuain would lick his chops to get a chance back at Real in the Champions League final. I mean, God, that would make his damn day. Getting to, getting to maybe throw it in the face of the team that gave up on him. Uh, he would love that. But, uh, I mean, they're just, you know, when you've got Marquisio and Pajanic sitting deep, Marquisio is a straight-up hard man. Pajanic mm-hmm. is like this little wizard with the ball. That's your deep-line players. I mean, you've got Alves who can fly. You know Alves would be jacked up to play Real, you know, him being a Barcelona guy. Um, and then, like I said, just that group they've got up front. I think this is a team who got, who actually might have gotten stronger with the subtraction of Paul Pogba. And that's mm-hmm. not to hate on Paul Pogba at all. I'm not playing Paul Pogba hater right now. But mm-hmm. it was almost like, you know, Pogba was one of those guys who he took so much attention and kind of like needed his touches that sometimes mm-hmm. it seemed like, especially in Europe, Juventus were trying to force it into him. Where with this team, they flow so well. They mm-hmm. just, oh my God, the ball just flows so well from Juventus. Um, <clears throat> I think they're chronically underrated offensively just because of, A, they're Italian and no one ever thinks the Italians are good on offense. <laughs> um, and B, all anyone pays attention to is the Italian defense. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, um, I'm, I'm really impressed the more and more Juventus go on here. Well, they may get their chance on June third at Wembley, or sorry, at uh, the at Cardiff. Cardiff. So, um, I would be amazing. fascinated by that final. Be really good, and we're most likely gonna get it. We might, we might do a pod that day. We might have to get together, watch it, and do a pod that day. We'll have to check our schedules. We might be able to make that happen in Green. We will That's see. it. Um, Nash County, go yeah. ahead and tell me I can't do it that day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wes, oh. you're going to work daytime that Saturday. That'll probably be my damn look. That'll probably be my look. Um, the Champions League's redheaded stepchild, the Europa League, uh, has already oh, played one of their matches. <laughs> yeah. As uh, well, they won't be might not be invited back. Uh, Ajax destroys Leon four one in Amsterdam. Uh, Adama Traore with a uh, sorry Bertrand Traore. There's too many Traores. Bertrand Traore with a brace, and uh, Ajax beats Leon four uh, one. Leon does get an away goal, so there is that. Remember um, Bertrand, Bertrand, United. Bertrand will go back to Chelsea one day and be sold. Yeah. Of course, he's one of Chelsea's uh, 9,000 loanies. Basically, um, all lower leagues in Europe are made up of Chelsea loanies. <laughs> uh, Juan Quadrado is on uh, Juventus <laughs> bench. So. Um, Manchester United uh, heads to Celta Vigo Thursday, which is today when you're getting this pod. Uh, and then next week, they'll be going home. So we'll see how United does. And the boost apparently, uh, Pogba will be... Good to go. I think they're going to be maybe getting back a couple of guys they weren't expecting, and Pogba being one of them. Yeah, I think uh, potentially Rojo and Smalling might also uh, be be coming back as well. Right. So uh, we'll see. As you said, anybody... uh, Ajax, Ajax looking really good against Leon. That was impressive. Yeah, they destroyed them. So uh, 
Ajax with one foot into the Europa League finals. We'll see if United is their mate. And finally, as we hit the championship uh, over in, back in England, Newcastle is officially in. Brighton and Hove officially in. Uh, they still can jockey a little bit. Brighton and Hove have a one-point lead on Newcastle to see who wins the league on the last week of the season. Uh, as for the playoff, Reading, Sheffield Wednesday, and Huddersfield have all qualified for the playoff. Um, seeding is to be determined as Reading has 82 points. Uh, mm-hmm. Wednesday and Huddersfield have 81. So that is that is actually kind of nuts. And Fulham, who are in six, have not technically qualified, but it would take almost an act of God as even if Leeds, who are in seventh, win and Fulham lose, they'd both be on 77 points. And right now, Fulham is 13 to the good in goal differential to over, over Leeds. So it would take a mammoth collapse and a huge Leeds win for Fulham to get knocked out of the playoff. But they are going to be the sixth seed. Just, uh, um, just most. to throw a little on that, um, Fulham, Fulham playing maybe for the future of their young left back, or, uh, left back Ryan Sessegnon. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a handful of Premier League teams me, Liverpool included, hoping that Fulham do not come up because then they'll be forced to somewhat sell him a, a lot cheaper than keeping him around for a year in the Premier League. Uh, and then for Leeds, you know, you look at Leeds United, that was a one of the all-time classic Premier League clubs, uh, English First League clubs, um, have had so many issues. To see them finally kind of getting it together, I, I believe, is it is it Mick McCarthy? Um. Or, uh, I cannot remember. Oh, God. Gary Monk. Gary, Gary Monk. Monk. That's it. That's it. I'm sorry, Mick McCarthy fans. Sorry to eat your hopes up. Uh, Gary Monk's done a great job there, and uh, to have leads that close, you know, even if they don't make it in this year, which it doesn't look like they will, um, I think they're positioning themselves to really be in the mix next year. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I think the Premier League would be the better for having Leeds United back in the Premier League. Uh, just just adding trips for everybody to Ellen Road every year, one of the you know, all-time classic English uh, uh, venues. I, just, I think mm-hmm. it would be awesome to see Leeds back in the prim. Mm, it's classic venues like Upton Park. Um, so we're, we'll no, see. No, that's a parking lot be... now, I think. That's a parking lot, sorry. True. Um, speaking of parking lots, we got to <laughs> pave the way to some commercials as we come back when we do. Uh, it will be time for news and notes and then watch for and so raw here on the Florida Fair podcast. Back in a moment. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. And welcome back to the Foreign Affair Podcast. Edward Green and Wes Bradshaw here hitting the news and notes. And uh, we talked a little bit uh, a few minutes ago about it- Italy and the Italian teams and how we don't always pay that much attention to them. Well, you know, sometimes we, we might miss stories like this if we don't pay attention to them. Um, this is a very interesting story. Um, Sully Muntari playing for Pescara, who is being relegated from uh, Syria in Italy, uh, was booked this past weekend after reporting racial abuse. Now now notice, he was not actually abusing anyone. He, he went to the referee and reported racial abuse and was then shown a yellow card, and then Montari walked off the pitch. Now, we know that Italy, I mean, 
Balotelli, Pogba, not very good when it comes to accepting black people, um, as, as it turns out. And the Ghanaian midfielder um, multiple times asked the referee, Danielle Minelli, to stop the match because of, uh, of numerous uh, racist uh, epithets being hurled his way during the match. Um, and, and, and he went to go talk. I saw the video of it. He, he was getting somewhat intense with the official. But at the same time, if I and this was about the 90th minute, I think, when this happened, if, if I had been an hour and a half sp- spending, you know, on the pitch, you know, getting getting epithets thrown my way and I had gone multiple times to the referee to do something about it and he didn't do anything. I don't know that I'd be very nice to him either. And, and if he chose to book me for that, I, I can't say I don't uh, disagree with his decision. <laughs> to walk off the pitch. I will. I, this was one of my favorite lines, though, from the article on the BBC. Um, FIFA, FIFA's football's world governing body, applauded Boateng's principles uh, in reference to Kevin Prince Boateng, who walked off the pitch in a match for Milan in uh, January 2013. Uh, they applauded Boateng's principles, but said it did not condone his decision to walk off. Good on you, FIFA. Um, so that's, that's, that's how FIFA rolls. Stop bullying. Um, yeah. Um, By the way, can I point? I don't know that there's that much to discuss here. Quick? Go ahead. Um, just since I'm watching the Champions League match, um, on the captain's armbands, it, it literally has the slogan "Say No to Racism" on it. Mm-hmm. So thanks, UEFA. Just to throw that, I mean, at least UEFA's. Well, I mean, hell, that's the thing. You know, UEFA's kind of proactive about it. I mean, shit, if this happened in the Champions League, there would be damn consequences and repercussions. But, you know, UEFA doesn't mm-hmm. govern the uh, Calcial, Serie A, whatever the hell they're calling it now. They yeah, don't it's, that. it's pretty brutal. Hey, I just saw this quick story pop up here. Um, this came a couple hours ago, actually, on the BBC. Uh, not nine hours ago. Um, UEFA is considering changing the way penalty shootouts are staged. Um, instead of going... Like team A, team B, team A, team B, team A, team B, they would go team A, team B, team B, team A. Oh God! So, I, I quick thoughts. I don't. I don't know why if, if they're going to go it. Um, now it does say um, the research proves the team taking the first penalty have an unfair advantage as they win sixty percent of shootouts. Um, well, I mean, there's, there's not that much. Okay, ten percent. Eh. I literally just saw it, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, what else is interesting, Josie? we got to go back to Josie here. Uh, it's come out now that uh, he is banning his squad from social media uh, up to the 48-hour mark before matches. This comes to us from, from the stands.co.uk. Um, hey, uh, this, this came out when uh, uh, Luke Shaw, that uh, Luke Shaw, um, posted... Uh, on one of the social media, I think it was Instagram, a picture saying how good his recovery is going, and and he was at home when he took the picture, 
and Mourinho and another member of Manchester United were angry because they felt it gave the impression that the club was not helping him recover because he took this picture at home. And it's terrible. You know, I, I, I know sometimes, you know, that social media is stupid, <coughs> Paul Pogba, but I, I, I think this just adds, and we don't have to go all the way back into it, this adds maybe a little bit into the, the stigma that Josie is kind of having to deal with now. I mean, to me, it just shows <laughs> this guy has massive control issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's something that just doesn't seem like it. I mean, it's another distraction. Mm-hmm. And my question is, you know, someone like Paul Pogba, who, granted, Paul Pogba is such a brand, he probably doesn't even, I'm sure, like, he'll send out a tweet every now and then on his Twitter. I doubt mm-hmm. at Paul Pogba, whatever his name is, I doubt that's Paul Pogba tweeting all the time. I'm sure he has a uh, social media coordinator. So what happens mm-hmm. when the social media coordinator, you know, tweets out, you know, two hours before the match, oh, check me out wearing my new Nikes. Then what the fuck are you going to do? You know, I mean, this just smacks more of Josie and his control. He has control issues, man. It's just, it's just more shit. It's another stupid distraction. Long live on Josie. Go for it, big guy. Whatever. He loves your shirt. damn boat. Never change, Josie. Um, bit of a serious story here. Um, it, it was reported on Tuesday that Aaron Lennon, a former Tottenham Hotspur member and, and current Evertonian, um, was actually um, brought in to receive treatment for a stress-related illness. That's the, the Mark Coyne Everton. Um, the Greater Manchester Police reported they were called around 4.35 to reports of a concern for the welfare of a man. Um, officers attended and a 30-year-old man was detained under Section 136 of the Mental Health Act and was taken to hospital for assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, Everton said in a statement, Aaron Lennon is receiving care and treatment for a stress-related illness. The club is supporting him through this and his family has appealed for privacy at this time, which I believe everybody is kind of taking to mean that he is struggling mightily with depression. Um, yeah, and that thanks is... For, thanks for Everton. Thimble's full of sunlight. Uh, yeah. That's probably what it is, a lack of vitamin K. It's tough because you know he's he hasn't actually played in a match uh, since February 11th um, against Middlesbrough, so it's it's been almost three months since he's played, um, and and I, this is kind of interesting. Uh, Ronald Coleman said on April 6th that uh, Lennon uh, he is not in a physical way to be part of the team now. Whether that meant he was emotionally not like that, it's it's. It's very interesting, and, and I, I hope, you know, Everton put out a very, you know, flowery press release. I, I hope that they were doing all they can to help him. What is, you know, we talked about Josie today and Luke Shaw. We talked about um, what Coleman has said a few times and not been always super nice uh, since he's gotten Everton. You just you hope with something that I, is so delicate like depression is it seems that that is what Aaron Lennon is suffering from you you hope the club was doing everything it could to, to help him out um, but it does seem like it, it took a turn for the worse you, we don't want to speculate I'm not making the joke but 
you hope he wasn't trying to self-harm or even the farther part commit suicide. So, uh, I mean, at least, I mean, we, that, we haven't heard, that hasn't been reported, so I mean, it's not like we have any insight that that's anything that it was. Um, no. but, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things, you know, a lot of people feel, oh, you're a professional athlete, you make millions of dollars, suck it up, be happy. That's not always how it works. Um, so, yeah, for Aaron Lenny, you know, and I was, of course, just giving you a little gag when I said playing for Everton would depress anyone. Um, but it is sad. You know, Aaron Lenny is a guy, he's a, he's a former England, well, I guess he's not a former, he's an England international. I guess once you're an international, until you retire, you're an international. Um, James Milner's not anymore, he's a former. But, uh, you know, you hope he can get himself back to... I wouldn't even say get himself back to, you know, playing well. I'll just say just get to a point where he's not depressed or whatever's wrong with him, I guess. Um, I will say, uh, if you guys want, we, we do love to um, give shout-outs on the spot, especially to people uh, we, we've <laughs> had relationships with in the past. Uh, go, go look up Josh Wolfish. Go, go search our, our, our friendly... Uh, neighborhood writer. He he wrote a fantastic article, uh, I believe, for the Northwestern newspaper um, a couple years ago, or maybe it was even the Chicago Tribune. Maybe um, go go search that out. And he wrote a fantastic article about depression and suicide and and that thing. So that is it, it, we love Josh Wolfish so much. We love his writing when he's writing about sports. And he wrote a great article about this. So. The intersection has been met. Go search out our friend Josh Walton. He is, he is a great dude and writes really well. And to Aaron Lennon, um, be good, be safe, and please, you know, come back and and just be with us. Again. So that's all. Um, so we're gonna end news and notes now, Wes. Back back to Italy, as one of the greats is going to be stepping aside at the end of the season. Uh, Francesco Totti is uh, stepping down from Roma and is ending his season. Um, he will become a director at the Stadio Olimpico uh, for the next season onwards. Um, the 40-year-old has been you know, one of Roma's great players, one of Italy's great players. Um, but Wes, it, it is time for him to step down after so many goals and so many great moments. Tolti is kind of the... Uh... Steven Gerrard of, uh, of, of Italy. Um, and I say that as in he is he's recognized as one of the all-time greats, one of the all-time great Italian players, uh, one of the all-time great players in Italy. Uh, and then I'm, I am looking it up to confirm this, but I, I literally want to say that... Uh, Oh no! Take it back. He did. He won. He won a single Serie A title. I was about to say I don't think he ever actually won Serie A all those years at Roma, but he did win it once. But still, much like Steven Gerrard, uh, he was a guy who, you know, he was he was a dominant force of nature on teams that weren't that that probably should have done better a lot of times. Um, that that he was maybe the one guy who made them as good as they were. Which is very Stevie G-ish, um, <laughs> but you know Italian international is, has done so much in the in the game. I, I 
want to say he was on that. Um, I want to say he was a big player for that uh, World Cup team, but uh, cannot actually remember if he was. Um, uh, I believe he was. But anyway, whatever reason. Anyway, uh, Tony Tony was a great one. He's he's had just a just a fantastic career. Um, 2006 World Cup. Uh, he mm-hmm. did. He was he was in that. Um, he was in that uh, World Cup squad in 2006. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, going to be one of those guys. He'll be missed, but at 40, you know, it's it's time to go. He hasn't been the Tulti of old over the last few seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's kind of had some issues with the with the manager down at Roma, and you know, at this point, it's time for him just to step away and. You know, move into that next segment of his career. So, congratulations to Totti, uh, one of one of the true Italian greats of our time. Hey, and you know, just looking at that 2006 World Cup, the uh, the All Star team from there, uh, you had guys like Pierre Henry, Miroslav Klose, uh, Andrea Pirlo, uh, Luis Figo, uh, Zinedine Zidane, Patrick Vieira, Philip Lom, who just uh, re- is retiring. Um, yeah. Gianluigi Buffon, who's never going to retire, uh, and of course, John Terry. Man, uh, Gianluigi Buffon, who is still to this day the greatest singer of his country's national anthem ever. <laughs> it's true. No one exactly. sings with more passion than Buffon. Nobody does. And no, one right, loves, Wes, no one makes love to a woman more passionately than Buffon. And I always say that because, you know, if a man sings like that, he must make sweet, sweet, passionate love to his woman. Of course. Um, let's head into the Watch 4 West. What are you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Since that's all I heard about Elton John. Anyway. Um, um, okay, what are watching? God, it's been a rough week. I haven't had a lot of time to watch stuff. But I'm caught up on Dreamland, and I'm freaking loving Dreamland. I don't care what some people say. I like Dreamland. Um, I, I, I got around to watching the last three episodes of the season of Sun Records. Uh, it's a CNT show. Don't hold that against it. Um, I've, I've read that there, there's question if there's going to be a season two of it. God, I hope there is. I like shit like this. I mean, you know, this is more like a historical thing almost. Um, I mean, they're not totally accurate on everything. But, you know, they're telling the story about how the, how the great Sun Records came around. And, you know, one thing for season one, they were building up the story of Johnny Cash and Jerry Lee Lewis. Neither of them have gone into Sun Records yet. You know, we, hmm. we've just kind of had the whole Elvis Presley story arc, which was really good. And that's kind of how we ended season one was with Elvis Presley walking away from Sun Records. Um, hmm. But, you know, we, we've got all this Jerry Lee Lewis and Johnny Cash buildup. And there's literally no payoff to it yet. I can't not have a payoff to this. CMT. I'm Wes Bradshaw, and I'm endorsing Sun Records. You know, do you know how big a celebrity I am in the Nash Rocky Mountain area? Upwards of three people recognize me at my game tonight. It's true. Two of them I knew from my youth, but still. All right. I had one say, uh, hey, man, don't you do that football? I'm like, yeah. By football, he meant American football, but still. Um, but yeah, so that's where I am right now. So bring back Sun Records. 
All right. Well, um, I am actually going to forego. I have to, my watch for it for this week, I have to take care of something. But Wes, let's let you take over with So Raw. <sighs> okay. Uh, <clears throat> spoiler alert for So Raw. I watched half of Raw and did not watch SmackDown this week. Not out of any sort of spite or because I didn't want to. I literally have not had time to. <clears throat> so it's been a, been a long week for me thus far. But, um, so what I'm going to kind of hit, I'm going to hit um, some of the just the stories going on, not so much match for match. Um, so let's uh, start with this one, my, my beloved Alexa. Stupid thing. Come I'm on not stop. quite sure how to help you with that. So much sometimes. Bliss. There we go. Uh, a Bliss uh, became the first woman to ever win the uh, both Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. Uh, she defeated Bailey at uh, Payback. Good match. Good match. I, I mean, she's just she does such good work. And then her heel promo coming out was really really good on Monday night. I love the heel promo. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Ms. Bliss continue on as the uh, new queen of Monday Night Raw. Uh, great promo, and she's smoking hot. So <clears throat> uh, Kevin Owens beat Chris Jericho to retain, or to, uh, for or, no, okay, Chris Jericho. I'm sorry, folks. Shoot me in the head. Chris Jericho beat Kevin Owens uh, at Payback to regain the United States Championship. Because of that, Jericho has now gone to SmackDown. And when I get the chance to watch SmackDown, I'm really excited to see the debut of Jericho. I heard there were some good things, good fireworks. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what's going on there. And I, I just, I think this has been Jericho. To me, this has been Jericho's, if not the best, one of the absolute best runs of his career. Jericho has just been fantastic. Um, at Payback, the House of Horrors match between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. It's the only way I can describe it. It was, it was ew, grotty. I don't mean like grotty as an old god. It's terrifyingly grotty. No. It was just... I didn't see the need for it. And I thought it was pretty shittily put together. But, you know, that was me. I wasn't impressed. At the end of the day, Bray Wyatt ends up winning the match and at, suddenly I found out that it was a non-title match. Maybe they'd said it and I hadn't realized it, but I really thought it was a title match. So that was a little anticlimactic for me at the end of it. I thought Bray was about to be in the champ, and he's not. So anyway, um, the Universal title match, we still haven't seen Brock Lesnar back yet, so that's still what it'll do. In the main event of the night, <clears throat> you had... Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. Reigns really came out, you know, was taped up hard, was selling the beatdown he took a few weeks ago from Braun Strowman, first time we've seen him since. He was limping, he was holding his ribs, and Braun Strowman beat the ever-loving bejeezel shit out of him. Uh, the end of the night, Reigns was left a bloody mess. Um, and Braun Strowman went over, not only went over clean on Reigns, but went over clean and dominated Reigns. So that was, I mean, that's how it should have been done, but it's still unexpected. So you know, we'll have to see where it keeps going with that. I think they're lining up Braun Strowman. I think you need to have Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar at uh, SummerSlam. And, I mean, if you really want to crown Braun Strowman as the next, you know, monster, 
Okay, let him beat Lesnar. I mean, there's nothing more legit than beating Brock Lesnar. So, I would like to see that happen. Um, <clears throat> outside the ring this week, there were some WWE stories. Um, Sean Waltman, best known as X-Pac, was arrested at LAX. Um, Did he get uh, something busted in his ass? Uh, no, I think it was in his bag. Uh, mm. He was busted, uh, suspected of dealing meth. Out of his ass? His yeah. gaping ass? Out of his bag. Um, but they, uh, they, the drug dogs found some things and he was about to go overseas, found like 38 methamphetamine caplets, um, uh, liquid THC, I think a couple of, uh, THC chocolate bars. So, uh, he's, he's, he's in a little bit of trouble ski. He's in a little bit of trouble ski, if you know what I mean. Um, um. I have one more thing. Oh, um, Jeff Hardy lost a tooth at uh, the payback yeah. pay-per-view as he took a kick directly in the mouth from uh, Sheamus. The only reason Sheamus has any use in my life is because he's a big ginger Liverpool fan. <laughs> and that's the only thing that's cool to me about Sheamus. Um, WWE seems to be moving the Hardys toward the broken gimmick which is what everyone really, really, really wants to see. There's been some uh, rumor in any window that it's being held up in courts because uh, TNA is claiming that they own the right to the gimmick. I mean, to me, if you're WWE, if you want the gimmick, <clears throat> I mean, just crush TNA and do whatever you want to them. Because, yeah. I, mean, I mean, literally that would be like... I mean, that would be like you and I trying to go up against the Premier League over this podcast or something. I mean, could, it's like, you know, we might have the right to it, but is there any damn way we could fight it? No. I mean, that said, the Premier League probably just wants to be as distant from us as possible. <laughs> if they mention us, that would give us way too much credibility. So, uh, so do it, Premier League. Do it, do it, do it. Get us a deal with David Beckham. He'll help us out. <clears throat> Um, so just some stuff going on around this week. And I promise, folks, next week I will watch the show. Mm. I'm sorry. I will watch the show. I'll watch the show. I'll make some notes and we'll break down some shit next week. Uh, as we, we steam toward our, uh, our, our, uh, SmackDown pay-per-view. Oh, by the way, WWE did announce that, um, they're going to have a pay-per-view. I want to say Brock Lesnar is going to be at it. But it is called Great Balls of Fire. And literally for like three days, the Smarts were like, Vince McMahon is trolling us, right? There's no way it's actually being called Great Balls of Fire, is it? My, my only thought was, I mean, I'm like, oh my God, what is this, 1992 WCW? Which if you're a true old school Mark, you'll understand that. But anyway, um... I mean, that's just, that's like, that's one of the worst pay-per-view names I've ever heard. I mean, it's not quite as bad as In Your House, Beware of Dog. Oh, that's, that's uh, also pretty good. Yeah, those mid-90s uh, WWE pay-per-views, those In Your House, they were, they were fantastic. So, um, but anyway, um, I just got on top, Alexa Bliss, you're my goddess. You're now calling yourself a goddess. I 100% agree. 
So, you right, girl. Sorry, I'm not sure about that. The damn thing. We, we, <laughs> swear to God, I've got to change how that works. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't think about it that time. It's, Jesus, God. Oh, oh they're recording that. Well, hey, and at least now we know the government's recording the the uh, Foreign Affair podcast. Yeah, it is. And we hope everyone has enjoyed said Foreign Affair podcast. And take us home. Of course I will on this episode 156 of the Foreign Affair pod, brought to you as always by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop as well as I'm Next USA. You can find them on the Twitterverse. You can also find us on Twitter as a collective at AFA pod. Wes, you are? At Wes Bradshaw 21. I am at Edward Green. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and as well as you can email us via allnewsportshow at gmail.com. We await your letters and parcels. Um, stick around next week. Oh, this will be starting year four, somehow, of the Foreign Affair podcast. Sorry. We've made it through, th- yeah, three full years now, not counting the, the unaired pilot uh, of all new sports show slash the foreign affair podcast oh yeah the assault on your ears on all your senses now um 156 episodes in thank you everybody for tuning in so season four it's just like we're leaving season three on a cliffhanger to chelsea hang on to win the premier league title we'll wrap it up in the first couple episodes of season four of the podcast um so be sure to check that out next week as we will also have officially even though we kind of already know uh who will be playing in the champions league final as well as the official seedings for the championship tournament uh to get into the premier league aka the richest tournament in sports and as well as plenty more news and notes watch for and so raw uh you can find uh oh Sorry, big shout out to all our podcast providers, including uh, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Play Music, and the iTunes Music Store. And as always, this podcast is presented by Zencaster. So, Wes, anything else to add before we get out of here? Um, what's this other ad? Oh, yeah. Um, don't. There's so many things to say about the Baltimore Boston baseball rivalry right now. Oh. I mean, I don't really know where to start. Is it throwing at people's head? Is it screaming your racial epithets i mean just okay guys let me let me just try to help everyone don't say the n-word yeah and if you do don't throw it anybody's head or even if you don't yeah don't throw it anybody's head don't throw pee bags of peanuts at people chris sale easy why did you do that five straight starts 10 plus k's you're the first one to do it since pedro and now you're going to get freaking suspended. What the F? I mean, dude, come on. You're you're like a freaking god in Boston already. Don't do this. I mean, just drill him in the ass and let's get it over with. Don't throw at people's heads. Folks, if you don't learn anything else from us, don't throw at people's heads. Yeah. It's don't the be racist. Don't, it's throw the unwritten rules. don't be racist and don't throw at people's heads. It's the unwritten rules of baseball. And Ed and I are, we, we see ourselves as progressive traditionalists. I know that kind of covers a lot. But, you know, we, we do adhere to the traditions of baseball. I mean, I, I personally think throwing at somebody has its place in the game. But it's mm-hmm. a well-placed throw to the ass. Basically, it's the ass. You throw at their ass. If you hit them, okay, you hit them. There's your payback. Don't go to somebody's ribs and don't go to their head. It's very easy. Oh, my gosh. 
and just institute replay when it needs to be instituted. And make it quicker. Yeah. It shouldn't take this damn long. Mm. Well, on that note, that's McCollin Crime, West Bradshaw. I'm Edward Green. And as we leave you this week, please, oh, everyone, including even you, Adam Jones, even though you got tossed tonight, stay safe and enjoy the football. And don't throw balls at people's heads. Don't hey, do it. Just... Hey, hey, good night, Monica. It was fun. Yeah, it was. And, and as usual, though, we, this is why we can't have nice things. Because eventually, eventually it's going to be Real in the final. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.